What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram at Sports. TikTok, Immac or Immaculate? Immaculate Sports. Immaculate Sports. Yeah. Check it out. Episode 20, guys. We're going to talk about some MLB hot stove moves today, including the Hall of Fame results. Some NFL offseason and a little... Preview of the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl episode is going to be next week, though. Yeah. We're talking about Super Bowl. Bowl breakdown. And then Kyle's got some trivia Yeah, we for got some trivia. But first off, did you say 20? This is episode 20 We already? made it. Episode 20. 20 weeks in a row, boy. Going by quick. Every, every Tuesday. We're giving Consistency. Around. Let's go to W in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's get right into our opener, shall we? So my opener, it's going to be George Springer leaving Houston. Uh, one of the AIDS killers the last... However long he's been in the league, uh, <laughs> every year, man, just destroys the ball against us. I'm sure he's not happy to not be able to play No Dot Co as often, but I'm sure as hell happy that he's leaving and going to Toronto, north of the border. So good luck to him and the Jays over there. So Hitters got, friendly park. They got Mark Semyon as well. Yeah, it seemed like whenever we faced Springer, he did damage against, especially this <laughs> offseason at Dodger Stadium postseason. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, postseason. But for me, I'm just going to go with the general MLB hot stove. Fight, yes, yeah, I, I spelled it wrong on the dock. I'm looking at that now. But just finally seeing some moves come in and being a little bit more consistent, it's exciting. The MLB offseason has been pretty quiet so far. And to see some big names come off the board, Springer, Simeon, Simmons, we'll get into those guys later. But it's good news for the MLB, you know, get things mixing up a little bit. Mine is going to be the Deshaun Watson news that his number one team right now is the New York Jets. I personally don't think he's going anywhere this year, but our team has had nothing go our way for the past 10 years. So any type of news like this where a star player wants to come or is thinking about coming is fine with me. Yep. I'm going to go with Tom Brady advancing to his number 10 Super Bowl. Skyler, I don't know if you'd like to see that. But the goat got it done again. <laughs> yeah, but the next goat will beat him. So oh, oh. Derek Carr's not playing in the Super Bowl. Man. You're right, Derek Carr isn't. But Jackson Mahomes' brother is. And something we want to introduce is a the Warrior Report. And we're talking about Warriors news. Actually, we got some Warriors right now. Carl Anthony Towns not playing tomorrow. And D'Angelo Russell is not playing tomorrow. W. Uh, he's questionable for tomorrow. Uh, our Warriors got it done last night. We uh. Per usual. Per usual, yeah. Uh-huh. Minnesota made a close game, but once Curry came back in the fourth, he uh, had a little Curry flurry, and he went off. And the Warriors... How many points? 36. There we go. And, 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 and other news from the Warriors, though. Kelly Oubre has been brought up with trade talks with... So sad. Uh, the Pelicans with likely Lonzo Ball and uh, J.J. Redick being yeah. the possible return. I don't think it's going to happen, but a just lot. a rumor. I feel like that's a lot yeah. for Kelly. So it's probably going to be like a pick or something. As well. But if this is true, I would take that 100%. Yeah, I'd take Lonzo. Yeah. I'm cool with that. LeVar would love it. You know, good for the brand. Well, I'm a Kelly guy, and I, I don't think, I don't want to part ways with Kelly just yet. Kelly yeah. had a game last night. Also, the Warriors have the easiest schedule remaining in the next 52 games. W. All day do that. Yeah. But hey, one thing that I've learned from having hard schedules to easy schedules over the last few years that just because you're good in the hard part doesn't mean you're good in the easy part, just as the Raiders showed this You got to win the games you are supposed to win. The Warriors have done that so far, with yeah. the exception of possibly the Knicks game. But, you know, there was a little Draymond Green incident thrown in there that That's we don't need to get into. Shoot. But Yeah, it's eh, we're sitting 9-8 right now. Yeah. I'm completely fine with it. So, we got the Super Bowl next week. We're going to quickly run through it, though. Who you guys got and what's the score? Right now, boys, I'm not going to get into it because this is going to be quick, but I'm really concerned if I'm a Chiefs fan. Okay, lots of injuries, so right now I'm leaning towards the Bucks. Yeah, Skyler's talking about injuries, both offensive tackles out for the Chiefs. Good pass rush for the Buccaneers. Like I said, won't dive too much into it. You have to turn in next week for that, but I still like the Chiefs' chances in this game. I'm going to go with uh, Tom Brady gets number seven in a high-scoring matchup. All right. I'm going with the Bucks. Number seven for Brady, I'm for it. So on the QB news, we got a lot of a couple. Well, we'll we'll say three QBs that we got to talk about this week. Uh, one of them being Matthew Stafford, 
pretty much one of the only good players coming out of uh, Detroit the last 10 years, besides Calvin Johnson. Uh, wants out. He's pretty much gone through it all over there. He's one of the hardest-nosed players in the NFL. He keeps on playing even though he's hurt. Even in games this year, it seems like with the team situation that he would have just sat out of the couple games because he was like extremely hurt in some spots but even as a terrible team he still pushed through it and got into the game uh where do you guys see Stafford going if he does go anywhere you know right now it seems like Stafford to Andy is the consensus and the interesting thing about a Stafford trade is that this would set the entire quarterback market even for draft trades so I'm interested in this one for sure I'm going to agree with Skyler on this one. Indian, Indianapolis, sorry, not Indian, has been the Both team. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been the team that's been discussed for Matthew Stafford. It makes sense with Philip Rivers reti- retiring. Brissett on a free agent. Yeah, Brissett possibly leaving. Most likely might get starter money somewhere or at least high quality backup. Stafford's price tag probably won't be extremely high. Maybe like a first and a third. I'd assume somewhere around that. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I not sure. Not sure of the market. Like I said, Stafford might determine that market, but it makes sense. Indianapolis has a lot of draft capital and a lot of money to spend. Why not go get a quarterback who turns that team into a Super Bowl contender? Yep, I'm going to agree as well. Matthew Stafford will help the team out very well. I've seen rumors to the Niners also. The Niners have rumors with literally every quarterback, whether it's Watson, Aaron Rodgers. They're they're all over quarterback teams, yeah. Sam Darnold. I've been saying... Stafford to the Colts. I posted a TikTok about it over a month ago. It's been something I've been believing in, and I'd give up two firsts for him if I'm the Colts, because uh, I think that Sol puts sense. you right up there with the yeah. Chiefs and the Bills. And, and you know they kind of have a win now mentality in the way their roster's set up. I, with I defense agree. too, it's like it's hard to not be win now. I feel like yeah, you got DeForest Buckner, Leonard in their primes, exactly. a lot of a lot of younger star pieces there that you know can make a push. Oh yeah, exactly. So we're going to another quarterback that does not play in the cold Detroit, that he plays in the warm, hot Los Angeles. Uh, right now it's actually snowing in L.A. One of my boys is snowing in Riverside, wow. and it was snowing last night. Wow. Yeah. Well, when was the last time that happened? long time ago. First time I'll say this, it's the cold and chilly Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, Jared Goff, two weeks ago, Sean McVay failed to name him the 2021 starter. Uh, what do you guys make of this news? Any traction? Do you think he's going to? I think it's just something you have to say if you're a professional uh, figure in the NFL, like Sean McVay is trying to become over the years. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere, really. I think it's just something he has to say because Goff had sort of a down year and, of course, a lot of injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan did the exact same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just something you kind of have to say. Leave the door open. Don't guarantee anything in case something does happen. It's the professional move from Sean McVay. I think Goff does stay with the Rams. I think Jimmy stays with the Niners and is the starting quarterback next year. But I don't. I don't see Goff going where it doesn't really make sense. I think. I think he's a decent quarterback, and I think. I think, I think he stays. I think Goff stays as well. He can win your games. You saw he won one in the playoff game, and up, upset those Seattle Seahawks. And I don't know if he's gonna get you a Super Bowl, but he will get you into the playoffs and win you some games. Yeah, I think he stays as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he won that game, though. Over the, the defense won that game. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he did enough. He did enough. Defense, but he got the job done. I also think Goff doesn't really go anywhere. He's, he's kind of the guy over there in Los Angeles. He kind of mm-hmm. just makes that team fit, kind of. I don't know how to describe him. He, but he's good some games. He's bad other games. Uh, inconsistent. Yeah, he's inconsistent. And that, that is something, though, that teams will not like because they do want guys that are consistent and they know what they have when they go in week by week. But we're going to a different quarterback, a little bit more storied. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Malifor, also failed to name him as the 2021 starting QB. Obviously, this is way bigger news because Aaron Rodgers is a little... He's, he's a bigger a name. Bit Most likely the MVP God, winner, for sure. Uh, yeah, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to go anywhere, guys? I don't. I think him and LaFleur are just a little heated right now because they lost in the conference round again. And why I'm so confident in Rodgers staying in Green Bay is because he does not want to be like Brett Favre. Okay, Brett Favre left when things got tough, and he went to the Vikings. All right, that's the well, the Jets first, and then the Vikings. But um, what's worse? 
The, the point is, though, he... In that... This is hard to explain, boys. He, he, just, he doesn't want to be like, like Favre. He despised Favre because Favre didn't help him out, you know? I, I don't know if he really wants to help out Jordan Love, but I feel like after winning an MVP, kind of throwing the middle finger at the organization, he would want to stay after that. Yeah, I think he has a little more Favre in the sense that he doesn't want to help out Jordan Love, and I can't really blame him. I mean, he just won an MVP. He's in. He's still playing incredible football for his age. Uh, probably has a lot more decent years left. But I think Green Bay is kind of realizing they made a mistake by taking Jordan Love. It puts them in a tough situation with a quarterback coming off what's going to be an MVP season and a rookie quarterback who wasn't even active most of the game sitting on the bench, much less a first-rounder. It's going to be hard to flip Jordan Love for anything higher than what they took him at. I believe it was the 23rd pick. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get anything better than that. So you kind of have to hold on to him. I don't think Rodgers leaves this year. I think there was a bit of frustration in both post-games interviews from both Rodgers and LaFleur. But as Skyler said, it doesn't make much sense for the Packers or Rodgers to part ways. And I think that team still has a decent future ahead of them. I think Rodgers stays. I was watching the McAfee show today. and Very good show. Yeah. yeah, he was he was content. He, he was a little upset, but during sometimes when he was a little content with the situation, I guess. He, yeah, he said he has the MP, MP speech written already, Skyler, so. Right. Right. As he should. He, hey, that's that's the award this year. Yeah, prepare for it. But I think next year is a, a proven year. If he can't win next year, I think he's gone. Yeah, I think Rodgers stays. I do think it also puts Jordan Love in a tough spot because I, I'm sure just as much like as Rodgers wants to teach him and, like, uh, make him be better. It's hard for Rodgers to do that because if he just, if Love ends up being like as good as Rodgers, it kind of makes him look bad yeah. a little bit. So, I mean, but you don't be like the, the Alex Smith Mahomes like scenario very often. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's also the, the trade off in that was a little different too, because I mean, Alex Smith is no Aaron Rodgers yeah. and it's, yeah, it's, it's just a little bit different situation, but I do think he stays. It's going to be really hard to go trade a guy like that. Just because the amount that people are going to have to give up, I'd say three firsts for him, even though you're not going to get him for much more. And even than, at 36. And two, two, three years, he is probably the best quarterback in the league. Is he a free agent after this year? No, I have no clue. I think he's got three more years on the okay. contract. So okay. he's. I feel like next year would be a more likely trade or release yeah, situation. Because that's kind of yeah, when you have yeah. the third year. Yeah, because. Yeah, Eventually, you have to play Jordan Love if you're the Packers. It, it just, it's a horror. not even the backup. It's yeah, such a it, weird It's a bad look on the organization. They didn't even up yeah. the games this year, which is Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, yeah. They just, I don't know if they didn't feel he was ready, but whatever way you look at it, it right there. it's a bad, bad look on the organization. But we're going to go to baseball where we had some AL East news. I talked about Springer a little bit with him going to the Jays. Marcus Semien also signed with the Jays earlier today. One-year, $18 million deal. Sad day for us A's fans, though, because he was our longest tenure day for a long time. And uh, it's going to be sad to see him gone. But also, the Yankees made a move a couple days ago, acquiring right-handed pitcher Jameson Tyon from the Pittsburgh Pirates. They go up to the 15th prospect, 19th prospect, and 21st prospect, so nothing too big there. But this is a stacked division now. we got the Rays, who made it to the World Series last year. we had the Yankees, who... Ultimately, ended up losing to the Rays, but still have a very stacked roster. And the Blue Jays, who also made the playoffs, lost to also the Rays in the postseason, mm-hmm. but have gotten a lot better uh, with the moves that they've made this offseason, getting two of the best hitters in the AOS past few years. Who's won in this division, man? I think uh, Toronto's going to give the Rays a run for their money this year, just because the way they built their lineup is with just pure athletes, right? Guys who are going to consistently, other than Springer, play 150 games every year. A lot of young guys mixed with trusted veterans. And I think they're a couple arms away, but they're going to make the playoffs this year. As far as who's going to win this division, I'm actually going to take the Yankees. I think the Yankees were a couple starters away last year, maybe a couple injuries, but they're bringing back DJ LeMahieu, who, who was their best player last year. Hopefully get a healthy Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And with the addition of Tyon, Tyon, whatever yeah, his name is. Yeah, they yeah, added really they, hard to say. Yeah, they added another arm, too. Who was Kluber. the other start? Kluber. Yeah, they I, I think that rotation is a lot deeper. They're probably going to lose Tanaka. He's, I think, mm-hmm. signing overseas. 
Oh wow! I think he's going back to Japan to finish his career. Um, yeah, good, good for him. I, I, I enjoyed watching Tanaka pitch, professional guy. But I think with the arms they have, Diego Garcia coming up, still they just gotta stay healthy. Man. Yeah, still a stacked bullpen. You know, you got Chapman still over there. It, it's going to be a matter of staying healthy. I love what the Jays are doing. Um, really deep lineup. Have pretty much a, a solid player at every position over there. But. I think this is the Yankees division. I think the Rays are also going to take a bit of a step back, especially losing Snow. But you can never count the Rays out with their analytics. Exactly. All right, guys. Hey, I got a Baltimore winning the division. Yeah. Let's go on Boston. Oh, yeah. Verdugo is going to... Verdugo will lead the Red Sox to a pennant. Adam Adamino, best closer in the league. <laughs> no, but I got, a, uh, I got a New York winning it. I think they're going to bounce back and take the Rays down. Rays are really stacked, though. I love Kevin Cash. And he's gonna. Did we ever find out uh, what what happened with the Rosarina? Is he coming back? I haven't heard any news about that. I don't know why he wouldn't be. Yeah. I, I'd assume I'd assume everything's cleared up, but yeah. I haven't heard any specific yeah. news relating but, to the incident. Yeah, Toronto's just a few pitching pieces away. I think. Yeah. I'm going with New York as well. They're a deeper team. Uh, I think in a hundred sixty-two game season, it's gonna work out for them a little bit mm-hmm. better than it did in sixty games. Uh, so yeah, I'm going with the Yankees. Simple as that. Given the same playoff format, I think all three teams make it. Though. Yeah, I don't think they'll go with the eight teams. I I, I still think all three. Teams we'll get to that a little later. later. We'll see how it goes with uh, some of that playoff seating and stuff yeah. and what they decide to do. But lastly, before halftime, we're gonna talk about Andrelton Simmons. He signed with the Minnesota Twins like right before we started the show, so we added this in. Uh, Andrelton Simmons. Does he help the Twins into the spot that they can beat what seems to be the AL favorite White Sox for the AL Central title? Yeah, so Angleton Simmons, in my eyes, is one of the best shortstops of the century. Um, But I think they got him a couple years too late. He just doesn't have the power numbers to keep up with uh, Tim Anderson of the White Sox, you know? And that's, they might have better pitching, but I just don't see it. I don't see this move uh, helping them against Chicago. I think you're a lot bigger Anderson Simmons fan than I am. I love his glove. Never been a huge fan of his bat. He's never really put up power exactly. numbers throughout his whole career, whether it was in L.A. or Atlanta. I don't. Has he ever hit more than 20 home runs? I think he had like season? 21 once or something. Yeah, I mean, he was a 300 hitter for a couple years, but even that's regressed as of lately. He's been having a hard time staying healthy with the Angels past mm-hmm. couple years. I think this is a good move for the Twins as it allows Planko to play second. No. Obviously, sure up that middle defense with Simmons, who's arguably the best defensive shortstop in the game. But as far as competing with the White Sox, I don't think I think they need a couple more pieces, not just one, to compete with that team. Yeah, I'm with the group right here. I think the White Sox are stacked. They just added one of the best closers in the league, arguably the best closer in the league. Brad Hand. Liam Hendricks. <laughs> Brad Hand though did sign national. <laughs> and they got some young studs to back it up in Robert and Eloy. And they do have the MVP. Wait, do you win MVP? Yes. 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 MVP, yeah, MVP. Tim Anderson. Tim Magical. Anderson is overrated, though. Anderson? He's overrated. I think he's underrated. He's overrated. I don't think he's. Garrett Crochet. Crochet's coming back, yeah. Is he going to be a starter this year? They're going to keep him on the bullpen. I think he's going to be a bullpen guy for life. They got Kopech coming back too. Yeah, I think. I think. So they trade. They traded for Lance, Lance Lynn, right? They have yeah. Lance Lynn, Keuchel, Gilito, Kopech, and one other guy who I'm. Don Cease. He's Cease. Dane Dunning. Dunning. They no, traded they traded him. Oh, to the Rangers, right? But e- even those five guys we listed before—that's a very solid rotation. Yeah, I think uh, this helps the Twins get a wild card spot but the yeah. division is all but the white Soxes right now it's uh out to the arguably the best closer it is the best closer in baseball liam hendricks it's it's that simple he's been the best closer in baseball the last two years Skyler's known as yeah Skyler's shaking it jake diekman i hear so funny jake diekman wasn't even the best reliever on his team last year it was liam hendricks it was over the past two years actually last year Birch quite amazing but we don't need to get into Birch talk right now. We're getting back to Liam. Uh, Liam and Liam Hendricks and the White Sox will win the AL Central this year, even though the Twins will be a solid team. That might be the worst division in baseball our, with the, with the bottom three teams. Our division is the worst division. Yeah, so I think Rangers are the worst team in baseball. But the Tigers, the Tigers, yeah. Royals, Royals, and Indians are all going to be pretty bad. 
I don't think the Indians are going to be like too bad. They'll, they'll be yeah, like, hey, no, they're not the Indians the anymore. Indians. You can't say that. Well, technically they are still. So, I mean, that. The They're Cleveland, not the Spiders yet. The Cleveland, the right. Cleveland baseball team. All right. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's all we got. All right. Gotta take us away. Let's take it to going on guys welcome back to halftime Woo! all right we're gonna start it off with uh kyle you got something for us man yeah a little audible i'm actually starting halftime off uh we're talking about nfl players playing through injury this year first off aj brown hurt both of his knees by week two and he he was told that he wasn't gonna play the whole season and uh ended up playing rest of the season out made the pro bowl over a thousand yards uh big piece of my fantasy team uh Fun guy to root for. The video uh, he posted was pretty funny. Yeah, it the, was. The live. He, he was pretty uh, yeah. souped up on the painkillers. On the painkillers or whatever it was. Next up is Cole Beasley. He actually broke his fibula earlier in the season. And That's crazy. To still me. played through it. It's like uh, didn't Chad Ochocinco do that or something like that? Uh, T.O. did uh, it in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Except his wasn't partially broken. He snapped his leg and had 180 yards in the Super Bowl. Philip Rivers built a different ACL. Yeah, that's a little different though. I feel like. Yeah. It's quarterback, you don't know how to move as much. Yeah, so kind of stand in the pocket. Everywhere. And then lastly is Drew Brees. We kind of talked about this already, but torn rotator cuff, uh, torn plantar fascia, or fasciata. I, whatever. I, I, whatever it is, I'm not a scientist. His heel hurt. Yeah. No, <laughs> his heel was more than hurt. It was, <laughs> it was pretty fucked up. But, uh, it, wait, no, I think planters like it. The they, like foot? the ball of your foot. I have no clue. Like that. It's his foot. I don't know. They, uh, I'm not a scientist, as I just said, but I don't even think a scientist would know that. I feel like it's, it's like a, a, a doctor. It's, yeah, whatever. And then, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, 11 broken ribs played through most of the season. Obviously, I had a little bit of time out with those broken ribs, but I mean, those guys are troopers, man. Those are what makes football players football players, and they're built different. Together. All back. right, so coaching carousel part two in the NFL. Started off, we got the Philly Eagles hiring Nick Sirianni, former Colts offensive coordinator. At first, was a little surprised to me, and I did some more research. He's been there for a couple years and got better every year in Indy. You know, a guy like Phillip Rivers who can't move around a lot. Um, put together a decent-looking scheme to help out, you know, young guys like Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. So... It's not bad. We'll see. I still think they should have kept Peterson, but we'll see. And the next team is the Houston Texans. Looks like they're down to three finalists. Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. Leslie Frazier, Bills defensive coordinator. And the big curveball here, former quarterback Josh McCown is their third option. Yeah, we didn't make the final three. We did not make the finalists. What is that? You know... Maybe the Toronto Argonauts will need us. I think. Uh, Boy, hey, they got Martavis Brown. No, no, we're moving on to right. We're, right. Bu- we're buying. We've always hated Houston over or here. Buying the yeah, we, we're now going to be the owners of the Oakland Athletics, so we're moving bucks. on. Yeah. <laughs> the first order of business will be to re-sign Nick Martini. If you guys don't know. All right, Brett's not. <laughs> not. Brett's not. been relieved of it. Yeah. <laughs> Brett's gone. His partial owner. But boys, we are. We have one game left in the NFL season. That's the Super Bowl. We're starting to get into the off season. It's fun and time, man. Offense just as good. Can, as can I say something before yeah, we move yeah. on? Yeah. If Eric Bieniemy is not hired, I think this whole coaching carousel, this whole off season, is yeah. ridiculous. He's probably a top two or three candidate for sure. Going into this offseason, he was pretty much a surefire to get a job. And the fact that he doesn't have one, it's, it's just weird to me. Well, the thing about Eric Bieniemy is we found out that, well, we knew he's not calling plays. Yeah. Right? We know it's Andy Reid. But we found out this year that Mike Kafka's actually been the go-to guy for Patrick Mahomes. So this might have something to do with it. I mean, yeah, but he's still... But overall, I still think he deserves something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially right. with the hype before. It, it, I yeah. feel like he should have a job. Especially yeah. in Houston. Yeah. You've got to get somebody. Exactly. But, you know, like I said, one game left. We're going into the offseason. My mock draft's coming out pretty soon, boys. After the Senior Bowl, I'll have the second mock draft post-Senior Bowl. Oh, 
I'm going to give you my top five right now. Oh. All right, number one, it's pretty much a lock right now. Jacksonville is going to get Trevor Lawrence. And number two at the Jets is where the draft starts. <laughs> right now I have them taking Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback. I don't buy the Deshaun Watson news, to be honest with you. And I think it's a mistake to keep Sam Darnold because if he plays good for some reason, you know, and then give him a huge contract and he flakes again, then we're screwed. Okay, so I'm going with Zach Wilson. Uh, I, I think he would be a good fit in the LaFleur offense. So that's why I choose him over Fields. Okay, number three, Miami. Possible trade down situation for them, but I have them sticking around and taking Jamar Chase, LSU wide receiver. He's the number one receiver on my board. He's just bigger than Devontae Smith. The very different one. No injury history. I compared him to Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, uh, just the size and hands to get him out of sticky crazy. situations. And I like it. No joke uh, to uh, Fred Belitnikoff, you know, who uh, you stick him. Sorry. I think it was T.O. I was listening to it. T.O. said he would take Devonta Smith number one overall. Wow. He thinks he's that good. No, I, I'm just kidding, Mr. Bautista. No, I, I don't like... Sorry, I was you doing know, a dance. Quarterback, either. All right, but anyways, number four, Atlanta Falcons. I have them taking Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. This is a guy who can sit behind Matt Ryan for a couple of years and play when he's ready. You don't like that pick? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just see how you come up with that. <laughs> quarterback, quarterback. Well, Justin Fields, as we saw, had a kind of a disappointing. Yes. Eh. Season uh, due to COVID, and up and down against yeah. Clemson. Obviously, a great semifinal game against Clemson, but another big question mark. And number five, Cincinnati gets Penny Sewell, Oregon tackle. This is the guy they want. If he falls to them, they will snag him right away. Snag him. Yeah. All right. Actually, uh, we got some big Senior Bowl news today. The first Senior Bowl practice was today. I have two names for you guys: South Carolina wide receiver Shy Smith. Okay. We all know the South Carolina history of offensive players. Okay, we are. Ryan got Edwards, absolute beast. Debo Samuel. Debo. Dak Prescott. Yes, sir. He, uh, Dak Prescott. Wrong college, sir. Yeah, went off today. <laughs> Made some crazy plays. And number two is going to be Wake Forest edge rusher Carlos Basham Jr. Another guy could sneak into the first round. Younger brother plays for the Jets, Terrell Basham. Yeah, he uh, sucks. Okay. Very Huge news. Plus. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, we had a Hall of Famer die in MLB community mm-hmm. over the week. Uh, Hank Aaron, quick recipes to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Number two in homers. Yeah, once an all-time home run king. Sad, sad day in MLB it is. world. But it is. Uh, we're going to move on from that quick. Skyler, tell us about the MLB Hall of Fame. So the MLB Hall of Fame results came in today. Most of you know no one was elected. But we're going to go through what our ballots would have looked like. Uh, how about you guys start it off? I'll go last. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. I said it yesterday. I'm voting for nobody, and this is on strike for Ooh. Pete Rose. Pete Rose can't get in. The all-time hits leader, over 4,000 hits that nobody can get in. So I voted for nobody. Except for Dan Heron. Hey, that was my bet. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, but, okay, so I agree Pete Rose 100% should be in the Hall of Fame, but for the sake of the segment, I'm going to pick a couple names I think should be in there. First and foremost, I'm going to go with Barry Bonds, arguably the best hitter of all time. You know, throw him up there with the best all-time home runs leader. There's no way, even though he admitted to taking a substance, that he should not be in the Hall of Fame. Probably should have been a first year, in my opinion. The writers, hopefully they let him in in the 10th year. If not, hopefully later on in the seniors. Kurt Schilling also should be in there, no question. He is pulling out, I believe, though, Skyler was talking about earlier. Yes. He is pulling his name out of the hat, and once again, hopefully the seniors. Roger Clemens also, no doubt in my mind, should be in there. And the other names, I think, worthy of being there. Uh, I'm going to skip past Omar Vizquel, even though he was a wizard. Andrew Jones, I believe, should be a Hall of Famer. Manny Ramirez and Jeff Kent, I think, mm-hmm. underrated career. One of the- Manny Ramirez, steroids, Brad. I don't care about steroids. They it, all took steroids. Everyone in that era pretty much has taken steroids. And if the people who have admitted or, you know, even been conspiracized to have taken steroids can't get in, then the people who are already in should be taken out who have been there. And I, I think it's robbery to a lot of these players that they're not in there. Another name, Sammy Sosa. 
I don't know how. The pink man. The pink man. I, I I don't know if he should. I need to be closer than what he is. I'll put it that way. Thirteen percent on the projections. I don't know if he ended up at. And as far as first year players, I don't see any names that really pop off the page, except for Dan Heron, of course. I think he should be a surefire first ballot, and I don't know how he got zero votes. I think get the bust out there right yeah. now. With long flowing hair. Alex, well, what what do, you, what do you got? Looking at this ballot, there's no one really that sticks out to me. Barry Bonds no doesn't one? stick out to you. If, if he's not in by now, then there's something he's not gonna make. Okay, this is your vote. This isn't. I, I'm going for no one. <laughs> you vote for no one. I think you're fucking weird. All right, here we go, boys. <laughs> So I would vote for 10 players, okay? And I'm going to break my ballot down into three different sections. Okay, the first section is going to be the questionable character, guys. I got Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, and I'm going with Andy Pettit, okay? He was one of the greatest postseason pitchers in MLB history. The second group is going to be the high production, guys. Okay, the first guy, Scott Rowland. The only hey, players. Yo, what are you the, saying? The only third base. Hey, hey, hear me out, boys. The only <laughs> third base. <laughs> All right, The only third baseman with more gold gloves at third base. Eric Chavez. No, not Eric Chavez. I got Chavez. Yeah. No, no. Oh, no. Alex Robinson and Mike Schmidt. And I'm wrong. Also a very productive hitter. That's why he's getting in. Okay. Number two, Todd Helton. Larry Walker proved that the course Field guys can get in if they get a decent boost around year five. And I think this guy was a solid hitter throughout his entire career. He had the longevity. I'm going with Helton. Number three, Billy Wagner. I forgot about Billy Wagner. I agree. One of the man. most yeah. unstoppable relief pitchers. In MLB The Show. Yeah, dominant in the postseason as well. And my last guy is Andrew Jones. Okay, one of the greatest defensive center fielders of all time. Plus, he had 430 homers. He's got to get in. That's just ridiculous to me. The last group is going to be first year guys. I'm going with Mark Burley and Torrey Hunter. Hey, yo. Yes, sir. Now we know that those two are going to stay around. On the ballot, Burley got around 10%, Torrey Hunter got around 8 and also Tim Hudson got the 5% to stay what on the ballot. Just, you need 5% to stay on? Yeah. I still, Dan Heron got robbed. Everyone else <laughs> dropped off. But, guys, 2022 is going to be a crazy Hall of Fame class. We got guys like Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz. Okay, this could be a similar situation with Clemens and Bonds. If you vote for one, you might have to vote for the other. Obviously, Ortiz never got a suspension. But he was heavily tied to PEDs. If if Bonds and Clemens don't get in, and if those guys get in, I think the whole MLB Hall of Fame is just a joke at that point. It's the hardest Hall of Fame to get into for a reason. It's not like the, the basketball Hall of Fame or the NFL Hall of yeah. Fame. It's it's different. It it's, is. It's it's like probably the biggest honor for any Hall of Fame that there yeah. is. Yeah, and the next group of guys is another high production group. Okay, it's two guys. Number one, Mark Teixeira had 500 homers as a switch hitter with yeah. multiple gold gloves. I think he should get in. Another guy, Jimmy Rollins, lots of power at the shortstop position. Also a great fielder. They are native. Yeah. Yep. Grew up in this next group is two players, the flashy, hot start starting pitchers. Number one is going to be Tim Lincecum, two Cy Youngs in his first three years, and a great postseason resume. Number two, Jake Peavy. Similar story without the postseason. Is Jake Peavy blind? I remember, <laughs> hear, I remember hearing that. Hey, I've never thought of him as a Hall of Fame resume. He, they, I, I don't think, think he will, but I think he's a guy that could get the 5% and stay on for yeah, I, I like the Lincecum pick. I, yeah, yeah. He was one of the best I've ever seen like during was his Jake, time. Was Jake Peavy free, blind? But Jake, he's not blind. <laughs> Where are you getting his blind from? I think there was something saying that he was blind. Jake anyway, Tim Lincecum's splitter, I believe it was. Terrible Tim, eyesight. Yeah, yeah, terrible eyesight. It, uh, from an uh, article in 2013 says, uh, yeah, you can't see it, you know. Uh, <laughs> He's going to overcome terrible eyesight, pitching well despite ongoing battle. So I guess he can't see the signs. I think he just worked on it. He just threw the ball. I thought he was blind when I <laughs> Well, the next group is going to be the guys who flashed early but could not sustain long careers. Number one is going to be Carl Crawford, uh, leadoff hitter for Tampa Bay on their first World Series team. 
put up some great numbers and hits and stolen bases. I just don't think it's a deep enough resume. Wait, wait, what are, what's going to be in this? In this? No, I put the two pitchers in their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah okay. And then the next guy is going to be Prince Fielder. Yeah. Amazing oh, start yeah. to his career. Diesel. But had neck injuries, retired too early, only finished too with bad. 280 homers. Looks like T. Grizzly. And the last guy, hometown <laughs> hero, Coco Chris. Get him on the ballot. Let's go. He'll go on the ballot. He's not getting in, though, unfortunately. I just want him to be on the ballot, and I'll be happy. Yeah. I'm for it. He's like a Dan. He's like a Nick Swisher of this class, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> all right, that's, that's all I got for the MLB Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. My bad, boy. Another thing about the MLB. So, this one's this one disappointed me a little bit. Yeah. The MLB denied the universal DH and the extended playoff. And I'm not for this at all. Okay, I think the universal DH is more exciting for the National League. Uh, less players are getting hurt with the pitchers on the bench. And extended playoff bid, oh, that was a... Fun playoff run yeah. this year. We saw teams like Miami and Toronto, who normal years wouldn't, and they made some runs. And Obviously, A's. Toronto. No, the other one. We, yeah. we won our division. What a series. They did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually completely for having these two rules uh, go the way that they did because I, I'm a fan of having pitchers hit. I think that's always fun, even though it doesn't work out that well for them. And then the extended playoff. I didn't like it last year. I thought it was good for last year just because it was a 60-game season, a lot of room for air for some teams. But one thing that I love about the MLB playoffs is the exclusivity of it, is that you have five teams that make it every single year, and one of them is out, or two of them are out, on uh, one on each side one within one game. Yeah, I think that just makes winning your division so much bigger and have the, have the goal be so much bigger just as that, I feel like. Winning that division this year was not nearly as as much as it meant in 2013 and 2012 as an Ace fan. So, I'm not a huge fan of not having the Universal DH just because I like to see the best product on the field. I think there's a lot of players who are not, they're not the best fielders, but they can fit into that DH role in the National League. And I think having them on the field makes baseball more exciting to watch. Also, not a huge fan of pitchers getting hurt hitting. I think that, yeah. I think that takes away from, you know, what they do, like, Having a pitcher get hit by a pitch in the elbow, it's it's not fun for anyone. Um, for the extended playoff bid, I take a little different approach. I don't mind not having like the extra team. However, I would like to see the wild card stay a three game series. Yeah. Uh, especially as an A's fan, you know you have one game in regular we are not playoff years. Very good in that one game. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it sucks. You know the A's had like the third best record in the AL a couple years ago when we played the Rays. Something like that. Like yeah. we were a top team, and we were given one game. And for a team like the AS who doesn't have like an ace, it's it's hard to win that game. And to see that whole year just like be put on the shoulders of one game, I think it's tough. I like the three game series in the wild card. However, I'm not super mad about that. What is that? Seventh team being taken off. Eighth team. Seven. And eight. Yeah, seven and eight. So. No six, seven, and eight. Six. I don't. Yeah. You guys get what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually liked the extended playoffs. It added more, like Skyler said, it added more juice to the playoffs. But oh yeah, both what Kyle said, I like the intensity, like having it smaller because um, it makes it mean more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I like both sides. I think that would kind of keep like a mix if you keep that three game wild card, but shrink it back to the more exclusive group. I think that kind of gets the best of both worlds. Yeah, I just I didn't like the feel of like the eighteen playoff with that because it it. Essentially, it's the same thing as basketball. Yeah. Both the amount of teams making it, and in basketball, like you making it, making the playoffs isn't a big accomplishment. Mm-mm. Like if you're the eight seed, like yeah, it's obviously a little bit different. You get a seven game series, and you usually losing four or five, but it's like it's it's, it's weird not a huge deal. That. It's it's like oh, you go like, five hundred. Yeah, half, like the, a team, 500 half teams the team is making make it. Yeah. Playoffs. It's that simple. Like ninety plus wins, I think, should be what you need to have to get into the playoffs. So we're done talking about that, but we're going to talk about JT Romito, though, who I predicted to sign back with the Phillies, and he actually did. Uh, five-year, $115.5 million contract returning to Philly. Uh, his team wasn't a playoff team last year. I still don't think they're a playoff team this year, just with, just with all the other teams in the NL. Uh, you guys got anything? Yeah, well, with um, McCann signing with the Mets, the stars kind of aligned for Ramuto to get a deal back just due to the weirdness of the catcher market. 
So I, I'm all for it. Yeah. I think it's a good deal for both teams. Ramuto gets paid, best catcher in baseball. Phillies get their guy. Don't think it changes much in the landscape of the NL East or the NL playoffs. I think there's still two teams better in that division in the Mets and obviously the Braves and possibly even the Marlins if you want to include They're them. They're on the rise. And even the Nationals aren't a horrible team. I don't think the Phillies are a playoff team. Probably some bullpen help away and mm-hmm. you know, a couple other pieces at that. But They need Didi back. Yeah, I don't think he's mm-hmm. coming back. Mm-hmm. But it's a possibility he does, but... I still think he's going to go to the Reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to say it doesn't really change the land. What like Brent said. For, <laughs> sorry. Like it doesn't really change much. Uh, there's teams on the rise in that division. I think Nationals would come back hot. They lost. Missing Soto for those first couple weeks, I think, really set a tone on their season. And he was yeah. he's easily an MVP candidate. And he might carry that team back. Yeah, they also got uh, Zimmerman back for one year. Yeah. Brad Hand. The heart and soul. Brad Hand. Underrated reliever, in my opinion. Yeah. Very crafty. The thing with the national team, though, they're not going to be a playoff team if they don't have Anthony mm-hmm. Rendon, and he's yeah. he's long gone off yeah. West Coast. So our next thing to talk about was going to be Jamison Tyon, but we already talked about that. So we're going to go to yeah. Kobe and the one year of his death in uh, 2020. Sad day around the basketball world. Uh, we didn't really have this plan, but you guys want to talk about like what the Kobe, what Kobe meant to you guys a little bit, maybe? Sure. Oh no! Uh, well, I'll I'll start with you know the year twenty twenty. Um, I don't think it should be forever forgotten, even though there was so much bad going on. It it could be a way to motivate you, you know. To I don't know, boy. This is hard to explain again. I'm sorry. I I can't really get my point across, but. Yeah. (laughs) I got it. So, as a Warrior fan, we saw Kobe, what, like four or five times a year, however many times we played them. I never would say I looked up to Kobe just because I wasn't able to watch him enough. Didn't really get into the bath. I was always a Warriors fan, but I didn't really get into really watching basketball until the Warriors started making, you know, title run. That really got me into the sport. But watching Kobe, the way he carried himself, watching old clips, you know, the mentality he attacked every game with, you know, he he was a winner. And I think for a lot of people, they looked at him and they were inspired by that. I know a lot of Lakers fans that's, you know, all over social media, that man gets so much love, even on days that like aren't like today, the one year anniversary of his death, just on random days, you know, you see a Kobe quote, a Kobe post, he's that man motivated and inspired so many people. His reach was very, His very reach, far. Universal. Universally. I mean, you see stuff like billboards of him in China, Japan, like literally born in Italy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has reached there. He he did so much for the sport of basketball. And, you know, it's, it sucks that he died. I'm kind of getting emotional. Like, like I said, I wasn't even like a huge Kobe guy, but just the what he meant to basketball, just so massive. Yeah, it's kind of like you never. People were like were so shocked because you never really think that a guy of his man mantra, mantra. status, status, yeah, could die. Word, yeah. Like you never really thought like it, legends never die. Yeah, you never really thought Kobe Bryant would die, but he did. As a basketball player growing up, he was kind of one of my role models. I have a video of me after getting an assist, doing the the classic uh, Kobe fist pump. And that fist pump during during a uh, game sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my take. Yeah, uh, Kobe's impact for me didn't really really affect me. It affected my brother more. He, my brother's fifteen years older than me, and he grew up a Laker fan. So his role model growing up and stuff was obviously Kobe Bryant. And I remember uh, the day of Kobe's death. My brother came over that day. And when I looked at him, I, I just broke down in tears because there really wasn't anything that I could, like, think of. That'd be, like, for me, it'd be, like, Steph dying. Yeah. And that, like, obviously would completely break me. Or, like, one of my favorite players just, like, out of nowhere dying. And so, besides that, I don't really have much to say except for his reach. Like, yeah. his reach, like, as Brett said, like, they're, like... It touched not, everyone. Yeah. Throughout, throughout the world, like... Mm-hmm. You would see stuff about him, and you could, like, is by far probably, like, the biggest, like, celebrity death. Not even just athlete death, but, like, celebrity death in the last, like, 15 years. Yeah, I want to throw one more thing before we move on. Just 
you know, out of respect to everyone else in that helicopter crash, mm-hmm. including Gigi Bryant, Kobe's daughter, the teammates, uh, the teammates, mm-hmm. the pilot himself. Just a horrible, tragic event that happened. All right, and I kind of got my words together so I can finish. Yeah, yeah, you can ahead. hate the year, you can disregard all the events, but never forget the things that happened. Yeah, that's true. It's not even just for Kobe; just that entire year. Yeah. We're gonna end halftime off. That was a rough note to end it off, yeah. but I feel like it's it's a good thing to talk about, a good thing to get out, and obviously a little different from our usual tone and setting, but. I like it. I think. I think it was. Yeah. I like that. All right. Second half starting off with some trivia. Well, it's it's mainly only trivia. Second half is trivia. We got 14 questions, six football questions, four baseball questions, and four basketball questions. Keep scoring. Wait, we scored. Hey, go Sharks. I can't tell. We'll, we'll find out who's scoring. Donato, Donato, third of the year. Skyler's keeping score. But uh Keep score at home. Yeah. yeah, do you want me to actually keep score while you answer? Okay. I feel like yeah, it might be a little bit easier like that. Okay, our first question is the football question. Oh. It is who was the first player to rush for a hundred or a thousand yards in a season? Our options are Jim Brown, Jim Brown yep. Steve Van Buren, <laughs> BD Feathers, and Joe Perry. Is this just NFL or just all professional football? Uh like, and this by the is, way, I think Skyler's going to kick her ass in this. It's like professional football. Okay. Um, Damn, it's probably not. Like, can, can you list the names again? All right. We got A, Jim Brown. B, Steve Van Buren. C, Beauty Feathers. And D, Joe Perry. I'm going Steve Van Buren, Kyle. I'll go C. Whatever that guy's Beauty name is. Yeah. No, I'm Perry. Brett is correct. Let's go. <laughs> BD Feathers of the Chicago Bears rushed for 1,004 yards in 1934. Built different. He did it in only 119 carries, wow. giving him an 8.4 yards <laughs> per carry. That's ridiculous. Wasn't it Ben Barron on the Raiders? He's from the Eagles. <laughs> I don't have that information. I didn't even know. I'm one testing you. I didn't even know the guy I just said. Okay. Our second one. Who holds the best rookie passer rating in NFL history? A. Dan Marino. B. RG3. C. Tom Brady. Or D. Dak Prescott. It's RG3. This is over a season, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Dakota. I feel, I, I feel like this is RG3, just given the names. I feel like that's the oddball, and I feel like... The oddball is the winner a lot of times, so I'm going to go with RG3. Was that Herbert? Not us? Uh, Herbert wasn't an option, so he's not the winner. Okay. Yeah. The answer is Dak Prescott. All right. Let's go, baby. Alex ties it up right while Skyler remains in line. Is RG3 second? I don't he know. He did have that great for you, man. I know he had a, I, I, was at some point. I just know he had a great rookie year. I don't Dak remember. Prescott Prescott. finished off his rookie season with a passer rating of 1. 04.9, breaking oh, yeah. the previous record I just watched the video on of 102.4 set by RG3 in 2012. Okay, so at one point he did. Okay. We will close. Watch the video. Next up. How many games made up the NFL regular season in 1982? <laughs> Answers are 14, 9, 16, or 17. When did they switch it to 16? 14, 9, oh, it's either 14 or 16. Oh, oh, wait, what year was it? 82. 1982. 82. So it wasn't the lockout year. Um, Maybe. Could it be? <laughs> I think the lockout year was 85, so I'm going with 14 games. Hmm. <laughs> this is kind of a suggesting wait, game. Wait, for wait, me. That, wait, hold on, no. No, I'm you can't. You can't take your... I am taking it back. Because right, no one answered yeah, it. I'm going to say this is the lockout year. So, I'm going to go with nine games? I'm going to take Skylar Dance and go with 14, and I hope he, I'm right. That would make him look really stupid. The merger has happened. 17. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst answer I've heard. But the score is tied. Oh, no. Right. I remember because Mark Mosley won the MVP, the first kicker to win MVP. In the kicker MVP? Was from the 16 yeah, did, yeah. game schedule to a How nine game schedule as a result of a 57-day player strike. 
That is the only kicker. Uh, wait, a kicker one in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the Redskins. Redskins, yeah. Yep. I did not know that. All right, that would have been a good trivia. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I knew that. I didn't. For me, it would have been good. All right, next question. Who was the first player in NFL history to pass for 400 yards, throw four touchdown passes, and rush for 50 yards in a single game? Josh Allen. The possible answers are, possible answers are Steve Young, Michael Vick, Deshaun Watson, or Dak Prescott. Ooh, Dakota. Deshaun Watson. I'll go Steve Young. I'm going to Steve Young. Skelly got it right once again. Deshaun Watson in the day of his rookie season. Houston's Deshaun Watson showed his potential. As the league's next superstar, unfortunately, towards ACL in the practice. Oh, that was good time. Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Very nice. Yeah. Except that was the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I gotta get some Our next question love. is: What quarterback did Tampa Bay trade away for a second and fourth round draft pick in 1987? The answers are Steve Young, Vinny Testaverde, Dante Culpepper, or Brett Favre. Steve Young. Skyler was very confident, so I'm going to copy him, Steve Young. Testaverde. Testaverde played a lot later. <laughs> I know. Skyler and Brett got it right yeah. once again. Skyler was so confident. <laughs> I had to go with that. Deemed a bust by the Buccaneers, Steve Young was traded to the San Francisco 49ers to serve as Joe Montana's backup. He was pretty good backup. to be all right. All right. <laughs> pretty good. All right. Oh, the original Marmon Mahomes. Yes. Our, I think this is our last NFL. Yeah, last NFL one. Four of the first five draft picks in the 1989 draft were Troy Aikman, Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, and Deion Sanders. Those are all in the Hall of Fame. Who was the bust? Blair Thomas, Tim Worley, Rick Mirror, or Tony Mandarich? It's Tony Mandarich. That's what I, almost, I almost thought it was... Not almost. I was thinking Rick Meyer, but I remember uh, Mandarick being on some NFL films. I, I was going to say Mandarick as well before Skyron said that's all thick with that. I'm going to copy them. <laughs> all right, we're all getting points. All right. Yeah. Uh, I watched way too much Yeah, I, I recognize that name. Like, There's no other way I've heard this name. He's besides, also like, the highest-drafted Canadian-born player in NFL history. Shout out Brandon. And still, so Brandon Calgut's drafted as a kicker next year. Yeah, it's first overall pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so on to our first baseball question. Who was the first major league player to pitch a ball over 100 miles per hour? Roger Clemens? Is it uh, Tom Seaver? Officially or unofficially? Officially. Okay. Roger Clemens, Tom Seaver, Dwight Gooden, or Nolan Ryan? Well, I've heard so many reports about Nolan Ryan in 109 back in the day, but it's unofficial. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Nolan Ryan still. I'm, I'm gonna say Dwight Gooden. I'm gonna say uh, Tom Seaver. We got Skylar on a roll here. That <laughs> made too much sense to me. Man. Yeah. Given the first player to break the 100 mile an hour barrier when one of his pitches was officially clocked at. Hundred and point eight miles per hour. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mean thing too obvious. We have four basketball questions. Skyler's like going to kick our ass. We have men. Our next question is this one. This one isn't one that I don't think Skyler's going to know off off the bat. Who was the first baseball player to appear on a Wheaties cereal box? <laughs> Joe DiMaggio, Mel Ott, Babe Ruth, or Lou Gehrig? I'm gonna go with Joe DiMaggio because that New York market, baby. What what were the what were the answers again? Sorry, Mel Ott, Babe Ruth, or Lou Gehrig. So it's three of the four players were in New York in the first place. Wheaties was not founded in the twenties. How do you know when Wheaties was founded? Oh, you'll <laughs> this, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Lou Gehrig. I'm gonna go with Lou Gehrig. Taylor got it wrong, but the other two oh. did not. It's yeah, Lou Gehrig not only won the Triple Crown batting title, but was also the first baseball player to appear on a Wheaties cereal box. Extra trivia question, did he appear the on the front or the back? The, 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 the back. 
Yeah, Tyler yeah. really tried to flex his Wheaties knowledge. I thought it was, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was forty-one, not thirty-one. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This one, no shot. You guys are gonna know this one. So it's it's kind of a guessing game. I like guessing games. What did baseball player Herman Schaefer do on August fourth, nineteen eleven? And possible answers are: run the bases backwards, pitched from second base, stole first base. Or caught his own fly ball. He stole first base. Oh, um, sorry, I'm trying to process all that weird stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, so threw from second base, stole first, caught his own fly ball, and then ran the bases backwards. I'll go random bases backwards. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with Brett here. Of course you are. Skylar got it right once again. Yeah. Uh, in the bottom of the ninth, is Schaefer to second, hoping to draw a throw and allow his teammate Clyde Millen, who's playing, who is on third, with the potential winning run to steal home. White Sox catcher Fred Payne did not fall for the gambit, however, so Schaefer, now on second, took his lead toward the first base side of the bag and probably stole, stole first on the next pitch. I didn't, I didn't even know that was legal. It's reset it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 get, I, did, I didn't even know that was legal. Okay. What, what the... We're getting our ass kicked. Right. Hey, I'm in second. You're you're in last, but our next one is oh okay. We're gonna do a score check right here. We got Alex with three, Brett with four, and Skyler with six. So yeah, what's up, Alex? Come back for all, all the rest of you guys. Our next one. <laughs> Who was the youngest MLB player to win MVP? Our possible answers are Vida Blue, Bryce Harper, Johnny Bench, and Stan Musial. I'm going to go with Johnny Bench then. I thought it was Clemente, but not on the list. Um, Johnny Bench. I feel like I would have heard about Bryce Harper being the youngest. I don't recall remembering it. If if that's not if that is it, I'm going to look pretty stupid. But what, what were the other two besides Bench and Harper? Vita Blue and Stan Musial. I'll go with Stan Musial. Let's go with Bryce Harper. And I have to say, none of you guys got it right. It's Vita Blue. Vita Blue. Okay. At 22 years old and 64 days, he became the youngest player to ever win the MVP. I believe Bench wanted his rookie year too, but I think he was older. How old was Harper? Harper's like 24, right? 23? He does not have the answer. I know. I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> All right, we're on to basketball trivia. I'll expect your shot to come back. Uh, it's not going to happen. Hey, put your phone down. What is yeah. this? Yeah. All right, Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos just said. The phone. With who? With who? Breaking news. Detroit Tigers. Wilson Ramos to the Tigers. You phone. heard it here first. Thank I thought you. flipped. Thank you. All right, on to basketball trivia. Oh, jeez. How many games did Wilt Chamberlain fall out <laughs> during his 14-year NBA career? Shit. <laughs> Zero, 94, 25, or 11? 94. Zero. Eleven. The answer is zero. No. Really? <laughs> Chamberlain never fouled out of a regular season playoff, regular season or playoff game in his 14-year NBA career. Me? In fact, Rick. his career average was only two fouls per game, despite averaging 45.8 minutes per game. That's Rick. ridiculous. Rick. You didn't have to jump and just go straight up. This contest is rigged. Wow. Maybe you just right, suck. On to the next one. Like Martin Jones. Which first round draft pick refused to play for the Milwaukee Bucks? A. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. That wasn't his name, Kyle. Fuck you. <laughs> B. Julius Irving. C. Magic Johnson. Or D. Larry Bird. Magic Johnson. Where's E and now we need him? Um. Dr. J wasn't in the draft. Yeah. Kareem played for the Bucks. Blue. Blue, I should pick. What, what was the other one besides um, uh, Magic, the fourth one? Larry Bird. Larry, Larry Bird. Yeah, we got Kareem. I feel like, Julius, La- I feel like Larry didn't have that big of an ego, so he wouldn't have cared. Well, they both did. I'm going to go with Magic, I'm gonna go with Magic as well. I'm going to go with uh, Larry. You guys are all wrong. It's actually Julius Irving. He wasn't in the... Oh, is that why he went to the ABA? With the 12th pick in the 1972 draft, the Bucks selected Julius Irving. The Bucks had a dynamic duo in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson, who had just propelled the Bucks to an NBA championship. The big three of Abdul-Jabbar, Robertson, and Dr. J would have been among the best trio of players to ever step on the court. 
but it, if it wasn't meant, it wasn't meant to be. Despite being drafted by the Bucks, Irving signed a contract with the Atlanta Hawks for the 72-73 season. The Hawks were fined twenty-five thousand dollars per game. So Dr. J appeared in due to Milwaukee holding his rights. You, you can just sign with someone else. I'm, I don't know. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that. I, I assume it's, I, there's probably a rule from it now. Huh. Okay. Wow. All right. Look at us. Who is the oldest player to score 50-plus points in a game? Michael Jordan, Grant Hill, Jamal Crawford, or Steve Nash? What? You were, going to say, you were going to say Kobe, weren't you? Yeah, yeah it's Michael. It is Jamal Crawford. It's, it's Michael Jordan. We got a tie. Brett has tied the lead. It's I, I, I knew Crawford. that one. I knew On that April 9, 2019, yeah. Jamal Crawford right. dropped 51 at 39 years old in 20 days. He broke the previous record, oh. held by Michael Jordan at 38 Damn, meters. I, that that one I actually knew. Days. I know the original records. I just don't know the current. Uh, Kobe was 57. That's why. Yeah, Kobe drops 61 in that game. 60? 60. 60, exactly. Do you know who the oldest player to drop 60 is, though? Is it, is it Kobe? Seth Curry. No, oldest player. Seth oh, Curry. <laughs> oldest player to drop more than 60. More than 60. Will Chamberlain? I don't know. Steph Curry. Yeah. Come on, man. No, that's that's not a that's not a question. No. I, just, I just said. <laughs> yeah. I just I I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's right. Oh, that's right. For sure, it's right. How old is Steph right now? 30, 32? 32? 33. 33, something like that. 32. All right, we got two more questions. No, Score check. Alex has three. <laughs> Brett and Skylar have six. I'm gonna ruin the day. <laughs> you, it's so impossible for you questions. to win. Yeah, well, I don't need to win. I, they don't. You can't even tie. He scored again. There's three? Yeah, Martin and Jones. God, man, we're watching a Sharks hockey game. Thank God my entry did not come. And uh, Martin Jones has allowed three goals in the span of about two minutes to the Colorado Avalanche. All right, so we got two more questions. Who is the only coach to win both an NCAA national championship and an NBA oh. title? A, Phil Jackson. B, Pat Riley. C, Red Arbach. Or D, Larry Brown. Red Arbach. Red Arbach. I'm going with Red Arbach. You guys are all wrong. It's really? Larry Brown. Larry Brown I can't is believe the, you believed me. Is the only no. coach in <laughs> basketball history to win an NCAA national championship and an NBA title. His national championship came with Kansas in 1988. His NBA title came with the Pistons in 2005. I could have sworn that was Arbach. Right, next question. We have our last question. Yeah. We need a winner. No, Skyler or Brett? So is different answer. Uh, he, he got the first choice, though. Okay, okay. Which player has made the most three pointers in his NBA de- debut? NBA debut. James Harden, Damian Lillard, PJ Washington, or Kemba Walker. Go ahead. Why the fuck is PJ Washington? <laughs> that, that's why is he on the list, man? It's Dame Lillard. It's PJ Washington. We've got a winner. On October 23rd, Charlotte Park. Yeah! Go! What? <laughs> it was too weird, bro. They viewed the NBA starting in a 126 125 win over the Chicago Bulls. He had seven. 27 points. Four rebounds, an assist, and a steal, and a block. He also made seven three-pointers, the most ever in NBA debut. I even got the right number. We have a comeback winner. Suck it. Brett is the first winner of Immaculate Sports Trivia. That's a fun I beat segment. Skyler. That's yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty proud of my... Yeah, buddy. Please tell me you're recording. I think that might have been the best segment we've ever had. Oh, it, it's recording. Like PJ Washington. Oh, my God. It, it was too weird for it not to be PJ Washington, man. The, my, yeah, I, I was about to throw... Throw my second guess was going to be like Kimba. I mean, I was it's, it's not like hard in the like, didn't have good yeah. Wow. PJ Washington, NBA record holder. So, congratulations to one time trivia champ, Brett Davis, and zero time trivia champ, Skylar Scranton. Skylar's still up here right now. All right. Let's now get to our layups. Talk. Let's get to our bold predictions. Let's get to our. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, last week we went three for four. Uh, Brett might have won trivia, but he did not get his layup right. Diggs did not have over 100 yards. It's close. I predicted to over 53.5 in the Buffalo-Kansas City game that hit. 
Skyler predicted Devontae Adams scoring a touchdown. That hit. And Alex predicted over 51 points in the Tampa Green Bay game. That also hit. All right. So for our layups this week, I'm going to start us off. I have the Cleveland Cavs minus three versus the, the Detroit Pistons. I think that game is tomorrow. Skyler's game is not hitting right now. <laughs> he, had, oh. he had Utah minus 11 versus <laughs> the New York Knicks, and they the Knicks are currently up by 10. Ah, uh, Julius Randle. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to go to baseball. No, it's not Julius Randle. It's Austin Rivers. He's got 20 points. Did he even play against us? Rivers? I think he did. No, no, but I, sorry, I, sorry. I, I'm going to go with baseball. I, I don't think the Jays are done yet. I expect them to make another move, whether it be acquiring starter or possibly throwing their name into the hat for Chris Bryant. So, I think the Jays, Jays mix it up once again. I got a uh, Magic minus one tomorrow. I think they're going to beat the Kings. Okay. All right. I, it's not really much. Let's <laughs> go to our bold predictions. Yeah, it's a pretty boring week. Yeah, I, we had a pretty good week as far as our bold predictions. I didn't. I said Mahomes was going to throw two interceptions versus Buffalo. I don't think he threw one. So, there's that. Brett had Blue Jays sign Springer. I think that's the quickest I've ever seen. It was like oh, an hour yeah, after I, we recorded. We got them all wrong except for Brett's. Uh, they were marked green on the spreadsheet. Hey, yo, okay. Who marked green? Okay, so I I was the only one that missed the layup, but I'm the only one that got. Yeah, and uh-huh. I think this is the, is the record for the quickest we've ever had something get right after we said it on the podcast. Because literally that night, last Tuesday. Uh, before the sign, before the podcast was even officially posted. Yeah, so I think uh, maybe Brett was doing some insider stuff, uh, working with the MLB. Maybe I was, I was talking to yeah, I was talking to Rosenthal. Uh, Skyler had Green Bay winning by twenty. That obviously did not happen. And Alex <laughs> had it, <laughs> and that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> Anything is possible. Man. On to our bold predictions, and then let's do the outro and let's get out of here. My bold prediction this week is the Pelicans beating the Bucks on Friday. You're a big Pelicans guy. I, I'm gonna stick with the baseball bowl predictions. I think Trevor Bauer finally signs. Where? Not sure, but his name has not really even been talked about that much recently. So I think it's bold enough to say he's gonna sign this week. Wow, mine's gonna be the Phoenix Suns beating Golden State by 20 plus on Thursday. Golden State has not played defense at all this year. Cap. Let's just say it. Uh, hey, so hey, Suns Mike McCall Bridges is going off. Loyal fans love him. Michael Bridges. <laughs> Michael Bridges is the guy going off. Yep. They got Booker. thirty points for Michael Bridges. All right, my, that, that'd be the better bowl prediction. All right, let's switch it up then. My bowl prediction <laughs> is uh, <laughs> the Sixers make a statement win and beat the Lakers. Joel Embiid has a dominant game if he plays. Philadelphia's been great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. LeBron James four six. That's it for episode twenty. Twenty. You made it through one episode, man. Yep. If you made it this far, go send it to everybody you know. Yep. I'll give you phone. a kiss like Kelly Umbre. Let's get traded. I'm not getting <laughs> traded. Stop it. All right. Martini, then Umbre. We'll see you guys next Tuesday night. Go Jets. <laughs>